I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. Hello and welcome. I'm here today with Rebecca Henson and Casey Farlow. Rebecca is a registered dietitian and physical therapist who teaches the truths and misconceptions about cravings, self-care, food, and how to optimize hormone levels so that ladies can lose weight for good while living their best lives. Casey Farlow is a registered dietitian in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, specializing in hormones and weight loss. Anything else that I need to add there to either of your bios? I think it's good for me, Libby. Thank you for having me. Me Happy too. All right. And you you guys want to both mention where we can find you on social? Yeah. Handles are so similar. (laughs) Easy to remember. I am Casey with a happy in the beginning. Happy (laughs) hormone dot weight loss. Okay. And I am at hormone.weightloss. All right, fantastic. So I'm really excited to have you both here talking about uh, your specialty, what you do, and just really getting into the nuts and the bolts of it. So I wanted to start out by asking uh, why hormone and weight loss? Does hormone imbalance affect daily life and cause pain? If you could talk a little bit about your clients and how they feel and the solution that you offer them. For sure. So I'll start if that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think in dietetics, we kind of focus on this calories in, calories out. And that is effective, but it's really only 50% of the story. Hormones play into your metabolism, your hunger cues, how you feel, your mental health. So even like your relationship with food can be affected by your hormone levels, right? So they're insanely important in weight loss and your relationship with food for that matter. Great. I agree. I, it's funny because I was working with clients on weight loss, specifically women, and I really didn't know my niche. And the first time I talked to Libby, she was trying to help me. And she's like, well, what do you do with these women? And I talked all about hormone balance. Like I helped them with their ghrelin and their leptin and their insulin balance. And basically I had tried all these diets and failed on like eating less and cutting calories and nothing worked. And what had actually worked was learning to eat the foods that helped me balance my hormones. And Libby was like, um, you're just doing hormones and weight loss. Oh, I am. Yeah, it works out well. So what I find interesting is like the intuitive eating piece of like hunger fullness cues and how like your hormones are so important with listening to your hunger and your fullness. So like, yeah, it's a great idea to think about like just listening to your body, but what if your body's signals are completely out of whack, right? And you're not even able to tune into those things. So I think like in my practice, I kind of have a balance of that intuitive eating piece, hormone balancing and tracking because just to create awareness, right? And you have to balance hormones before you're really able to listen into those cues. Yeah. I love that point because I, I love the idea of intuitive eating for people who it works for, but exactly. my idea of intuitive eating 
I was like the one person that's like, you just won't eat all the things. I was like, yes, I will eat <laughs> two pints of Ben and Jerry's and an entire family sized bag of Doritos. That's my <laughs> intuition. So that didn't work for me. Right. Right. For sure. I mean, there's no one size fits all. Right. And I think I love like Libby, how you say like nutrition philosophy, because everyone really does have a different nutrition philosophy and there's no like right or wrong answer, right? Everybody's going to find the dietitian that really works and resonates with them. So I love that kind of nutrition philosophy idea and that none of us are right or wrong. It's just different approaches, like different paths of the same mountain to get that end result, which is a good relationship with food, weight loss, if that's your goal. I'm trying to think of other goals could be. But yeah, I mean, we're all aiming for the same stuff, right? We all want our clients to have optimal mental and physical health, right? Absolutely. And I think you can have optimized mental health and still have weight loss as a goal. Like you have to question if you step on the scale and you freak out, why is that? Why are you tying so much meaning to a number or what your body looks like? Right. So that has to be an important conversation to have with clients as well. We can't just be like, oh, just don't step on the scale because we don't want it to be triggering. But we have to ask ourselves, why is it triggering? Like, why is weight loss triggering? Why is stepping on a scale triggering? Right. If you have a good relationship with food, your body, the scale, which is the aim that we're all trying to create, then that won't be as triggering. Right. Yeah. And the, I love that just that it all of us have the same goal and it doesn't have to be a competition like intuitive eating dietitians. A lot of them also tie in how to nourish your body and take the best possible care of yourself and calorie counting focused dietitians do the same thing. We, we all kind of do a lot of similar stuff, <laughs> just wrap it up in a different package for marketing and sales. And that's, you know, yep. that it's, and it, there's room for all of it and all of us to love on each other. <laughs> No, for sure. For sure. I just think there was such like a dichotomy between the weight loss versus intuitive eating. And I was scared for a long time to go into weight loss because I was always camp intuitive eating. And I'm like, those two can't coexist. Can they? Oh, wait, they actually can. This is amazing, right? And we can help our clients achieve goals while maintaining a really good relationship with food and their body and the scale and everything. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for both uh, sharing your personal experiences and reflections and then going back to nutrition philosophy and what's in the best interest for the client. And then, you know, what we align with in our, our experiences and, and knowledge and education. When it comes specifically to hormones, which you both specialize in, how would you say that maybe with examples of clients, how hormone imbalance affects daily lives and how it you know, negatively has caused pain for your clients or, or maybe um, affected their cognitive function and abilities. Can you talk a little bit about examples of that? I just had a discovery call with someone and she's a great example. She's 55 years old. Uh, it can happen at all ages, but she basically went through a divorce, went through all this stress and noticed that in this two years of divorce, she got less motivated to take care of herself physically and emotionally. And with that involved, like not getting outside and doing things she loves, stressed out, kind of doesn't want to eat right, wants to get home. She's exhausted, just drinks wine. And so all of that contributes. So like a lot of women today, especially women, but men too, probably, um, 
they don't get enough sleep, we wake up stressed out, we have caffeine, we go stress, stress, stress all day, eating whatever is convenient. Then we go to kickboxing class, we beat ourselves up if we're not exercising enough and too much exercise can be a problem for these women who are already stressed out in their bodies. Then they drink alcohol to calm down and then don't sleep well. And it's this vicious cycle of hormone imbalance. And so, <laughs> Casey knows. So the, she was just like the perfect example of the perfect storm of why she can't lose weight, why she's feeling tired and exhausted. And I call it the positive spiral. Like when you can help these women get start to take care of themselves in any way, whether that starts with movement or self-care or relaxing or the right kind of like, again, self-care and food, of course, it's the positive spiral of starting to feel more energy and starting to feel more motivated to take care of yourself and starting to lose a little bit of weight. And then all of the things happen that's so wonderful with the hormone balance. I have a funny story of one of my clients currently. She's like, I don't understand, Casey, why I have like too much estrogen and my adrenals are shot. My diet's perfect. Everything's perfect. I don't understand. And then we do a deep dive and she's drinking a bottle of wine a night. I'm like, well, that alone can cause estrogen dominance. And sometimes it takes a provider to really kind of dig deep into those details, even if somebody thinks they're, everything's perfect. I'm doing great, right? But no, just too much alcohol can increase your estrogen. But really all your hormones play into your mental health, your ability to produce serotonin or epinephrine, dopamine, and these things play into your food choices. We can't ignore that. Your mental health has a huge piece of the puzzle when it comes to what you're eating. Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit more on that? Mental health, the choices? Yeah. I mean, well, like your thyroid function plays into it, your estrogen, your testosterone, your adrenal hormones. If you're adrenal fatigued and you have no energy, how are you going to exercise? How are you going to create movement? Or if you're low thyroid or too high thyroid, right? I mean, all these things play into your activity levels, your food choices, your drinking of wine in the evening. If you're depressed, you're going to be more likely to drink a bottle of wine at night. So these things play into it for sure. Absolutely. And then the solutions that you're offering them, uh, and that was a great example about the woman saying, you know, everything's great. I'm, I'm following A, B, and C through a T. And then you identify and uncover. And I don't know if she didn't realize she wasn't drinking that much wine or <laughs> think it was a problem but helping yeah. identify that, right? And then, so yeah. what's the, what was the end of that story, Casey? Were you able to kind of provide solution or provide any kind of remedy or, or what was Yeah, that? so we made an attainable goal of her just cutting back to two glasses a night and she's lost four pounds this week. Just, just by changing that. I mean, her diet was perfect, but we make slow, sustainable goals that you know, the client can really stick with and not be overwhelmed by. And I just told her, we're not going to go from zero to 100. We're going to slowly decrease your intake. You can still have wine at night. We're not going to take that away from you. But maybe thinking about ways we can just reduce it a little bit. So she decided, I think two glasses of wine a night is something I can attain. And she did it. And she's reaping the benefits. She feels better. She's losing weight. So it works. Incredible story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And then for, for either one of you, as far as your clients, do you have any other stories of how they feel with the solution that you offer them? Casey just gave a great example of um, making a small attainable goal, uh, and that can help your client lose weight and gain awareness. Sounds like the result is four pounds in a week for that specific situation. 
Is there anything else, any other stories you want to explain or illustrate with regard to hormones and um, changes that your, your business has been able to provide? I just posted in my stories today and on a post, showed my face <laughs> about a client who was just sharing like the best things, the thing that makes me the happiest. Of course, my niche is weight loss because that's what the women want to pay me for. But what I really want and what this woman experienced was she basically said, I'm losing weight, but that's not even what I'm the most excited about. I'm the most excited that I'm not bloated every day. I'm regular. I have more energy. My skin has cleared up. These are the things that get me going. And also women, especially like stories like uh, a client just texted me over the weekend. It made me so happy. She's lost the guilt. Like I work on some of the mindset around indulging without guilt so that you, you know, this is the binge eating thing or the overeating episodes. It's like you have to be able to allow for some foods that are indulgent and you can't have guilt around it because that's that's not going to work out. So losing the guilt around indulgence and food and yeah, so exciting. Yeah, that's really, thank you for sharing that. And I love that you've also put that in your stories. Um, I just want to kind of piggyback or or actually go back to Casey. Were you able to tell that story of the wine decrease in your social media marketing? No, I really should. Honestly, it just happened today that I saw how much weight she lost. And then she said I was able to stick to the two glasses of wine a night. So I definitely need to share that. But I try to share like snippets of their forms that they fill out every week. I think that's really important because it's social proof that your program works and people are seeing results. So anytime you can show that social proof is so important, I think, for marketing. Absolutely. Not too late for you to share that story, Casey. In fact, (laughs) show your face after we hop off here (laughs) and retell that story to your audience, because that's a really good one. And I think that's really relatable. Thank you for For sharing first here. Yeah. And for the listeners, who are like uh, you know, nervous about sharing social proof, remember, if you don't share uh, identifying information, it's fine, <laughs> unless if the person gives permission. I know a lot of people freak out about that, but thank you for painting those pictures, uh, Rebecca and, and Casey. That was really helpful and insightful yeah, to tie that sure. into your practice and, and hormones. For sure. So I think we've already touched on it, but I wanted to just go back to it because you, you guys both <laughs> went into intuitive eating, which is great. It's great to have that conversation. And I really appreciate that. It's important. And so many of my clients and so many dietitians struggle with that conversation and how they feel. And and it's just important to talk about it and give that a safe space without judgment and for the nutrition philosophy, like Casey was mentioning, Mm -hmm. to develop that and feel safe to do so. So how do either one of you express the power of weight loss which is what you both do with hormones, but maintain the sensitivity of mental health. Do you have any examples or kind of stories you want to explain with that? Yeah. I mean, in the first like week of my program, it's all about mindset, mindset around your body, self-care, the scale. I had them do a self-care checklist because I find that women are using food as a form of self-care instead of the deeper layers that might need attention. It's like, how is your mental health? Do you need a therapist? Do you need more self-care? Do you need a break from work? Do you need better boundaries? All of these things are really, really important for even your weight loss goals and to have a healthy relationship with foods. You're not binge eating on a regular basis as a form of a stress reliever. 
So I focus big time on mindset because it is the most important piece of the puzzle. It is the foundation of everything else. If you don't have mindset right, nothing else is going to work. So I try to really put attention on that. Love it. And, and how does that resonate with your clients? Is that something they know? Is that something they're learning? Oh, God, no. It's the most important part. Oh, my gosh. Like every weekend, somebody will have an episode, like a binge episode, and we have to go back to why is this happening? Are you restricting too much? Where's your self-care? Like what's your mindset around the all or nothing mentality of dieting? We have to move away from that. We have to create a sustainable plan and not have guilt around food right? That's not going to get you to where you want to be. That's great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Anything you want to add to that, Rebecca? Yes, I, I have the benefit, I suppose, of the personal experience of being overweight and actually having tried all the diets myself and being super frustrated. And of course, I want all my clients to love themselves right where they are. And if, if I occasionally get a, a hater comment, like on a post that's like, your weight lost culture or whatever, you hate women. And oh, I, know, I know that they don't read my captions or watch my stories because anyone who does that would know, first of all, I get it. I understand. I don't want anyone to hate food or work. In fact, just the opposite. Like what Casey said, I want everyone to love food and eat things that make them happy. And I just know personally that I emotionally struggled so much with being not just self-conscious about what I looked like. I couldn't fit in my clothes. I didn't feel good in my body. I didn't, I used to, I always said I wanted to back out of a room so no one would have to see my rear end because it was mm -hmm. big. And so that felt awful. And also I was getting unhealthy. My blood pressure was creeping. My cholesterol was creeping. So from personal experience, I know like weight loss is okay. If there's women out there who just feel really uncomfortable with the weight they're at, it's okay to want to be healthy in a smaller size body. I don't want anyone to, to hate themselves, but I do want themselves to be able to get to, I always say, thank God for clothes. We don't need to be running around in a, you know, in a thong, like doing high knees or anything like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I want them, I want women to be able to be, feel comfortable in their right size body, whatever that is for them, where they can enjoy what they're eating and also feel confident in what they look like. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, we, can, we also can't ignore the fact that body fat percentage does play into hormones. And I think that's kind of like scooted out, like we don't talk about that. But body fat percentage does implicate you for thyroid issues, for progesterone issues, estrogen. And it's like kind of hard to ignore that, right? So it is part of the puzzle when it comes to balancing your hormones. It's not the whole puzzle. I mean, you can still have optimized health and not be a certain body fat percentage and still have balanced hormones. But according to the research, it is part of that puzzle. Right. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Examples or reflections? <clears throat> well, I can talk about myself. So I was, you know, camp intuitive eating and gained a lot of weight. And then I started to have thyroid issues. And when I started to slowly, sustainably lose the weight, my thyroid got better. Um, and I didn't change anything in terms of like my nutrition. I mean, I was still eating an anti-inflammatory diet. My blood sugar, you know, was the same. But I did slowly, I lost a half a pound a week, like very slowly over six months. And my hormones got better. My Dutch test got better. My thyroid levels got better. And I know that's not everybody, but when I look at the research, that does show that that is a piece of the puzzle. 
Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Appreciate that, that you both shared some really vulnerable stories of yourself and your clients. And I think that that's really helpful to paint a picture for the listeners and inspire them to be vulnerable too. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, for sure. Vulnerability is very important in business, I find. Yeah. And well, now that you open the topic up. Let's go there. there is there anything <laughs> as, that you want to share either about your story or about a moment when you allowed yourself to be vulnerable and how that has helped your business in any way? Or maybe just if it hasn't directly led to a sale, maybe it's helped you help reach more people and feel more comfortable with yourself. Honestly, just changing my niche and coming out with saying like, I'm going to follow what I preach and I'm following my joy and I tell my clients to do the same. And I think people really resonated with that. Like, oh, okay. You can change. You can follow your joy, even if it's difficult. You can make those difficult decisions that are ultimately good for your health to do things that you enjoy. So that was a really vulnerable moment for me to come out and say like, hey, this isn't resonating with me anymore. It's time for me to change so I can follow my joy And, you know, that resonated with me at the time. And I think it resonated with my audience as well that, okay, like I'm not stuck in my job either. I'm not stuck in my position, whether that's a relationship or a situation, you know, we can always pivot, we can always change. And that's usually in our best interest if we're not happy doing what we're doing. So thank you for painting that picture. You are making it sound a little easier than it might be. <laughs> it was not easy. Oh my gosh. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. I cried. I cried on my Instagram stories that day. Cried. Oh. Tears. <laughs> and, and that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. That's part of vulnerability. And, and again, thank you for sharing that to the listeners who also want to be able to be validated for feeling feelings, right? Yeah. But what helped you get to that point where you were able to say, I'm releasing the brain dietitian. I'm going for hormones and weight loss because this is aligned, because this brings me joy. What helped you get there? Because I know there's listeners out there who want to take that step and leap and they're just, they're not able to break through. Well, I reached out to you, Libby, because I trust you and I trust your judgment and you've helped me to kind of feel comfortable in that transition. I don't know if I really would have done it without having a support system But talking to you about it that day and you're like, Casey, you can do this. It's possible. Like what's holding you back from doing it? And like that was kind of the pivotal moment of like, yeah, I can. And the world's not going to fall apart if I, nobody really cares. And it was true. My followers didn't even really care all that much. You know, I didn't hear much pushback about it. But you really gave me that confidence to kind of push forward and listen to my gut and listen to my intuition And ultimately, I'd probably make more money if I was following my intuition and doing what felt right. And that's been true. I mean, the past two months since I switched, I've actually made more money, which is insane because I'm literally starting over. That's great. Um, So that's been pretty cool to see. How much more money, Casey? I mean, not significantly more, but maybe like 2000 more a month. Yeah, that's great. That's That's amazing. Yeah, I would say that's fantastic. And thank you for sharing the story. It sounds like accountability and vulnerability helped you get to where you are now to be in a space of joy and to be able to share that so intimately with your followers um, and take them on that journey with you. So I think that's really, really special. Thanks, Libby. Yeah. Thank All you. thanks to your help. Well, I gave you the confidence. I, I appreciate the share. Thank you for, for explaining that to us. All right. Anything else before we kind of move on to a really fun 
our last question of the panel. <laughs> is there anything else about um, maintaining sensitivity to mental health that, that you want to kind of close, close off that part of the conversation with, or do you, you feel good about that? Either one of you. I think a lot of dietitians I talk to are scared of judgment from people and especially other dietitians. Absolutely. And I think working in a group like dietitian boss group, you realize like there's a lot of variety in your group of all these dietitians all doing kind of different things. And we're all supportive. I think for the most part, we're all open, we're all interested. Oh, what are you doing? That's interesting. Oh, that's exciting. We all know there's so much research and so many options out there and we can't be experts in all of them. So I enjoy following other dietitians and learning their approach and their what, oh, what's going on there and sharing. And it's like, you realize that there's a lot of room for just supporting each other and getting out there, show your face, you do you, you're there for your clients. You're not there to impress anyone but your potential client. So if you can help them by being vulnerable, I think a lot of us realize when you do show up as vulnerable, like you'll get the most reactions, the most comments, the most people getting on discovery calls feeling like, wow, you really spoke to me. And if I was just out there like eat salads, like that, that wouldn't do it. I totally agree with that. Thank you for sharing that. And I just want to ask one question for marketing purposes for, for the listeners and I think it'd be helpful. What is it when you follow, you said you'd like to follow other dietitians. What is it about a dietitian as a dietitian that makes you want to follow them? Is it that they have a focused message or is it that they're vulnerable themselves? Like what attracts you to want to learn more about a dietitian and, and make you want to kind of, you know, create space and, and support her in an online capacity? Stories. Yeah. I love seeing the, this, them just talk and be real. And I follow Casey. I watch her videos. And it's so like, first of all, because if a good dietitian is sharing valuable information, so I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Or, oh, I forgot about that or whatever it is. You might learn some things. And then another thing is like how they're sharing or how their story is might give you ideas for your stories. It's all, we're all, there's enough clients for all of us. So inspiration, but also like, I feel like I'm friends with these people. Like this is the first time I'm actually speaking to Casey, but we've written each other. We've messaged each other. We've commented on each other's posts. Like, so I feel like they're Insta friends, like someone, and I, I wouldn't feel that way if I didn't see her talking in her stories. I wouldn't feel like I knew her before we actually speak. So powerful. And I love that both of you are so open and consistent with talking in your stories, which is a great segue for the third and last question of today, which is how do you market your hormone and weight loss practice effectively on social? Um, and it could, you know, just mean you're giving an example of stories. It could mean you're talking about, you're talking to one person, like Rebecca just said, I create a message for my ideal client. So what would you say has helped you market the work you do the most effectively? Yeah, for me, it's definitely stories. I feel like that builds the no like trust factor and then sharing client experiences. Like I try to share every day because there's always wins. Like you might not even really notice it unless you're really paying attention, but I try to like take screenshots of like my practice better. If there's anyone that says anything positive about their week, I try to make sure to highlight that so that people trust me, right? Why would you just sign up with somebody that you don't really know if it works or if people are resonating or 
you know, if they're finding hormone balance and people are losing weight by working with them. Like I had a failed discovery call today because the girl just started following me and she didn't really know me. She didn't trust me. And she basically told me that at the end. She's like, I think I need to just follow you longer because I just started following you last night. And I, I've never done this before. I've never reached out on Instagram to somebody. I'm like, yeah, I totally get that because you don't trust me yet. And I respect that. So getting on stories really enables you to build that trust with people or potential Love clients. Love it. And, and to, to go a little deeper into sharing client wins on a weekly mm-hmm. basis, have you always done that? Or since you, I know you haven't, but since you have done that, have you noticed that people are commenting or how do you know if at all that that's working, right? Yeah. I remember one day, I think it was last Friday with my avocado group. I had a ton of wins I put on my stories and I booked like six discovery calls for that day. And then I landed all six of them. So it was a big chunk of my income in one day just from sharing that in my stories, those wins. And it's sometimes hard to get people to share the wins, like in feedback forums and stuff in your groups. But that week just really hit home for my avocado group. And that's when people are like, I want to sign up. I'm ready. Like I didn't even really have to do much convincing because there was social proof there. Love it. So what you're basically saying is you know exactly how to get people on a sales call. You have the skills to enroll them. And so you are going to share that story about that woman going from a bottle of wine to <laughs> glasses because you know that'll work, Casey. That's what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. For I, sure. I mean, so I'm sure this is going to be so inspiring for the listeners. And uh, Rebecca, do you have anything to add to that as far as your approach? Yes. Sign up for Libby's program. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great tip. Absolutely. <laughs> I, she said, how are you? I think the question was, how are you marketing it on Instagram? I'm like, I wasn't marketing it on social media before I met Libby. I wasn't, I was failing. I was trying to do all the things not very well. And it, I was ready to quit actually. And Libby just simplifies it. Like just focus on Instagram. She's super direct and to the point, which I love. Don't, no waste any time. Like this post sucks. It doesn't make any sense. Like and here's how and it's I love it it's just direct don't waste any time and like here's how you can actually what are you trying to say here and she just taught me to basically make a really super confusing post very simple and very clear with the message like anyone who goes to my Instagram page I hope knows exactly what I do who I'm there for how I work with people so that when I finally get the discovery call, maybe they follow me for a couple months, whatever. Uh, when they finally make that call, they know exactly who I am, what I do. And it's a very hot lead. So the discovery calls are easy. That's, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. And for those listening who, and I love that you both mentioned the post angle and the stories angle. So just to kind of play devil's advocate for those that are saying, how long does it take for my post to get more clear and for me to get people to understand what I do? What would you have to say, Rebecca, for, for the listeners who are on their way, but they haven't quite hit their goals? You know, that phase where you're making the momentum, but your discourage is not happening fast enough. What would you say to those listeners? It, one is do the program. Like if you're not actually doing the Dietitian Boss program, I tried to just follow along people who had done it and just do what they were doing. And I thought that I was getting it. And I was like, but I'm doing everything right, Libby. There's what can you teach me? And I was not at all. 
And so do the program. It's worth it. It's you're gonna fine tune so much more in that program and get so much more clear on your posts, your captions, your stories and your processes and your discovery calls and just how it all is going to work to have you succeed. So just do it, invest in it. You'll make your money back. And how fast do you make that money back? Really? It's one. It's, are you actually putting it into practice? Like if you're actually making the posts, you know, three times a week, then five times a week, then showing up in stories every single day, multiple times a day, like staying in the forefront, that's your main marketing objective. You're not doing a million things. You're just doing Instagram. So showing up on there, the more you do that, the faster you're going to get there. But being patient because everybody's journey is different. Instagram is its own beast. Sometimes it shows my stuff to people. Some weeks it doesn't show it to anyone new. I don't know what's happening. But just being consistent and ignoring all of that and staying on there and the people who did find me are seeing that I'm on there, you know, whether it's you're starting with like, it takes three or four months to get a couple clients, you're still going to make your money back. You're going to have the foundations to keep going and keep getting more and more clients. And yeah, so do it, be consistent, stay focused, and it will work at some point eventually. Well, I appreciate that, uh, your reflection. And thank you for sharing. That's really inspiring, Rebecca. So I appreciate that. All right, before we wrap up here, anything else, any final words, either one of you want to share or leave off with today? I think the group is also helpful when you run into those waves in your business because they come and they go and they come and they go. And like this past week, you know, I haven't booked that many discovery calls. I had 12 people in my pineapple group and I have one in my mango group and it's very upsetting, but I have a group to support me, right? I have a whole team of dietitians that are like, Hey, I've been through this too. And then guess what? Next month, you're probably going to do a lot better. Your next group's going to fill up even better because you have waves. Like you get a lot of clients and then you might not see those clicks or those discovery calls. And that doesn't mean you're failing. It's just part of being a business owner, right? You have ebbs and flows as you go and having a team to support you, I think is really, really valuable to pull you through those dips in your business. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And thank you for sharing your your journey and your insights and having you both as hormone weight loss experts who can also inspire dietitians who are developing their nutrition philosophy, possibly pivoting nutrition philosophy, want to hear from advanced practitioners how to market or your experiences. Uh, so I think this has been an incredible episode and I just want to thank you both for your time and it's so nice to have you all connect here on panel. So thank you for sharing. Thank Thanks, you Libby. for having us. Yeah, absolutely. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.